whether you're older, whether you're younger, you definitely want His sustaining power to keep you. Amen? Amen? There is so much in this world that could come against us and take us off track. I believe the will of God for us is to stay on track, to be on track, to be in the perfect will of God with His sustaining grace enabling us to make it all the way to the finish line. Amen. Amen. You know, God's got a race for you. God's got a plan for you. And for you to fulfill all that God has called you to do, you're going to have to have His help. You're going to have to have His provision. You're going to have to have Him holding you. You're going to need Him, and you're going to need Him every day of your life. And so we've been talking a little bit about some keys that will give us a sustained life, or keys to a sustained life. The first thing we looked at last week, you can't be all burdened out and full of care and full of worry and run your race and finish it the way God wants you to. In Psalms 55, verse 22, I want you to read that with me. It says, cast your burden on the Lord, and he will do what? He will sustain you. In other words, put everything that you can't fix, which is about everything, over into his hands. And he'll fix it. How many of you ever had the unfortunate uh, happening of your computer going down on you? You know, we're just kind of in the middle of switching over to some Apple products here. And we've met with our IT person. And we've had so many computers crash over the years. We've got so many dinosaurs here. It's time for an upgrade. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time for an upgrade. And uh, so, you know, Jane on the second row, her computers crashed a couple times in the last year. And every time it crashes, you know, it costs us four or $500. And that's not always great news. But perhaps you've had the same thing happen in your home. I've had it happen in my home uh, before I got an Apple in PCs. And so I came to the conclusion trying to fix it myself. You know what? I can't fix it. So what I needed to do is then is I needed to put it in the hands of someone who could fix it. And you know what? If you could fix your life in your own strength, you'd have done it by now. If you could fix your kids. Come on, somebody. I know I'm preaching good. If you could fix your kids, you would have done it by now, right? No, you need to place all your cares, all your burdens over in the hands of the Lord. He's got capable hands. He's got big hands. Life was not meant for you to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders. If you try to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders, you'll lose your peace. You'll lose sleep and you'll break down. So one key to the sustained life is what do you say we be carefree? I can hear the enthusiasm in the crowd. What do you say we be free from the cares of this life? Amen. Then we looked at Psalms 91. And Psalms 91 we called the Psalm of the Sustained Ones. And in that psalm you will see that there's angelic protection. He says the pestilence will come by night and the Uh, The terror of the night and the arrow that flies by day. He said, but these things will not come near you. And there's one major reason why is because he's your sustainer. He's your protector. He's given angel power over your life. Amen. 
And so you position yourself to be sustained by dwelling in the secret of his presence, by making him your most high, by making him your all and all. In Psalms 91 verses 14 through 16, let's read that together. Ready, read. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. Verse 15. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Verse 16. With long life will I satisfy him. What kind of life? Long life. Not a long, boring life either. I got a text from my oldest brother, Dan. Yes, his name is Danny Thomas. See, that went over the heads of the young ones, too. I think we need to get a little up to date around this place. But I got a text from my older brother. He had um, rotor cup surgery a few years back. And then he uh, spends the summers in Southern California because he lives in Phoenix. And in Phoenix, it can be 110, 115 degrees. It's hot there. And so he, he went down to Laguna Niguel. They got a place down there. And they were on the beach and swimming. And the waves were real strong and real heavy that day. And the wave just took him and just ground his shoulder into the ground. And so he was not able to move it, not able to do anything with it. So he had to cut his vacation short. And so he gave me a text update the other day, and he said, I'm waiting to have surgery on Tuesday. I am in Phoenix. And then he went, boring. And I text back and I said, better days ahead. Better days ahead. Amen. So if your life is boring, God wants to take you out of the boring zone into the life abundant zone, into the God quality and the God kind of life. Amen? Amen. I heard uh, Brother Moore say, there's a struggling preacher down in Branson by the name of Keith Moore. I don't know if you ever heard of him or not. But I heard him say, you know, if you're bored, it's probably because you're not doing what God told you to do. Yeah, well... So, in Christ, we shouldn't be bored. Amen? We shouldn't be bored. Now, there are some, some real, real major keys to being sustained. And you can do this. When I'm preaching to you today, you can do it. And even if you have to make an adjustment in your life, and, 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 and you maybe got off course a little bit, you can get right back on course. Yeah. I've been off course before. Yeah. Just ask Brenda. You know, out driving. Where are you going? You know, the male pride kicks in. I know where I'm going. No, you were supposed to take a left two miles, about a half mile ago. Oh, really? We'll see. Ten minutes later, I had to swallow the pride. Got off course. Okay? Had to make the adjustment. You know, spiritually, it's easy to get off course. It's easy to kind of live your life for your own, in your own strength. Kind of do your own thing. Amen. Back in the, here we go again, 70s, they used to sing a song. It's your thing. Do what you want to do. I can't tell you who to sock it to. It's your thing. It's your thing. (laughs) Anyway. 
But it's not your thing when you're a Christian. It's about His thing. It's about His things. And so if you've kind of gotten over into that avenue of, you know, just doing your own thing, make the adjustment today. It's well worth doing it. Amen? And you can do it. And you must do it if you want to live in His sustaining grace. Say it with me. His grace is sufficient. And His grace will sustain you. I want you to look at a scripture this morning in Proverbs chapter 10. And I want to look at verse 27. Here's another key to living a sustained life. A sustained life. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord will shorten your days. The fear of the Lord, not being afraid of the Lord, but fearing Him to the degree where you just respect Him so much that you see something in His Word and you're going to obey it. You just respect the Holy Spirit so much that He gives you a word in your spirit, you're just going to obey it. I mean, just like Noah obeyed when it didn't make any sense. And Abraham obeyed when it didn't make any sense. They just walked in the reverential fear of the Lord so much, they had such great respect for Him that they said, Lord, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. That's the reverential fear of the Lord. And when you walk in that kind of reverence, it will increase your days. It will prolong your days. One translation that says that the fear of the Lord will increase one's life. Amen. How many of you believe in increase? I mean, not just financially, but an increase of joy, an increase of peace, an increase of days of heaven upon the earth, an increase of a great marriage, an increase of leaving an inheritance to your children's children. Come on, somebody. Glory to God. It's the will of God. And the fear of the Lord will take you through all the way to the finish line. Another translation says this, that reverence for the eternal makes for a long and peaceful life. Man, I like peace. I like a double shalom. I like peace, peace. I like nothing missing and nothing broken in my life. How about you? Aren't those good days when you've got peace? Aren't those awesome days when you just know that you know that you've done the will of God to the best of your ability? That you've walked in the light that God has given you. Amen. And you could say, just like Jesus said, I'm doing all the time those things that are pleasing the Lord. Say it with me. I always do those things that please my Father. Great days. Peaceful days. Now the key is to reverence the Lord. Did you know what the conclusion of the whole matter is? The conclusion of the whole matter is this. Fear God and keep His Word. Fear God and be a doer of His Word. Fear God and obey the Spirit of God. The fear of the Lord, the Bible says, is to hate evil. In Proverbs 6, 6, 16, 6, it says that by the fear of the Lord, one will depart from evil. In Proverbs chapter 1, 7, it says, By the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Amen. 
the fear of the Lord, the reverence of the Lord, walking in obedience. And we're going to talk a while about how many benefits there are in fearing the Lord. But I want to cover another thing that is so closely connected with the fear of the Lord, and that's serving the Lord. Everyone say this with me. Fearing the Lord and serving the Lord are very closely connected. Now let me just give you some good news right up front. You ready for some good news? Look at Job 36.11. Job 36 and verse 11. Notice this verse of scripture. It makes me want to shout. Thank God. Job 36.11. Look at this. Now there's a condition to it. But you can do this. Look at your neighbor and say, you can do this. Let's read it together. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity. And their years in what? Now let's personalize this. Say this with me. If I obey and serve the Lord and reverence him, I shall spend my days in prosperity and my years in pleasures. Now that's awesome, isn't it? That's good news. Now, I want to talk to you this morning. This is, this is really, really important that you grab hold of this and that you get an understanding of this. Because we know and we understand that not everyone is experiencing God's sustaining grace in their life. There's some things sometimes that happen. There's some things that, that go wrong. Sometimes it's just a direct attack of the devil. How I many of you know the devil walks about as a roaring lion? Seeking whom he may devour, right? And we're to resist him steadfastly with our faith, okay? Sometimes, you know, trouble comes and things happen in our lives. Oh, just because, you know, we live in a physical body and we live in a fallen world, right? But there's other times that we kind of open the door ourselves for some of these calamities to come. There's other times where, you know, we could make some adjust, adjustments and we could slam the door shut on those things. Amen? Now, I'm not saying that in this world you'll not have trouble, because if I said that, I'd be unscriptural. Because you could think of several scriptures along with me that in the world you'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer, what? I've overcome the world. Many are the afflictions of the... But the Lord delivers him out of them. Okay. So we know that trouble comes. And I like what Brother Criffle Dollar says. When trouble comes, you need to rise up on the inside and trouble the troublemaker. But there are times, I know in my own life, that through ignorance, through disobedience, through not doing everything that God has instructed me to do, or doing things that I shouldn't be doing, I know that there's times where that door has been opened by me. And as a result, His sustaining grace was short-circuited for a period of time. Until I made the adjustments. Now, I know if that's happened in my life, there's just a good chance it might have happened in your life. Amen. And somebody says, well, can you tell me what some of those things are? None of your beeswax. Amen. Glory to God. 
But thank God for being as muy inteligente in Christ. I just said, for being very intelligent in Jesus. And making the adjustments that needed to be made. Now, tomorrow morning, we're going to board a jet, and we're going to go through Denver, and then we're going to go down to Tulsa. But if the pilot got on that jet and just got one little degree off, we could end up in Toronto. Or we could end up in Quebec or someplace like that. Heaven forbid, Russia right now. Come on, somebody. Just one little degree off can take you miles out of the way. But just that little adjustment, come on, it can keep you right on track. Come on, be honest with me. Has God ever dealt with you about something that you've shelved? You ever shelved anything? Oh, Lord, I don't know if I want to hear that right now or maybe later. You know, God's still waiting on you to make those adjustments. And when you make those adjustments, you can fully expect His sustaining grace to keep you and to enable you to live a long, strong, full life. I'm not here to tell you what those adjustments are. Because every one of us have the responsibility to walk in the light that God's given us. See, I can't walk in light that I don't have. You can't walk in light that you, do, that you don't have. But once the light comes, then our responsibility then is to walk in it. And the Bible says in Psalms, it says that it is the entrance of His Word that does what? The entrance of His Word will give light. Amen? So I want to I wanna talk a little while this morning. I want to get too heavy with you. Because I realize and understand that you get too heavy with people, they turn you off. And that's why I'm being so nice for the first part of this message. <laughs> Smile, everybody. All right, so let's turn over to Exodus chapter 23. Actually, let's look at Exodus 15 first. Okay. Exodus 15. You're not in a big hurry today, are you? No. Lost half the crowd there. <laughs> Exodus 15:23. Exodus 15:23 says, "Now when they came to Mara, they could not drink the waters of Mara for what? What was the problem? Bitter. They were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Mara. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink?'" So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. That's typical of the cross, for Jesus hung on a tree. And when he cast it into the waters, the, the, the waters were made sweet. In other words, that which was bitter became sweet. Can the Lord make the bitter sweet? Did he not take the blood and the cross of Calvary and put it into your life and your bitterness turned into sweetness. Your sorrow turned into joy. Your sadness turned into gladness. Glory to God. That's the Lord. Can He make the disease clean? He certainly can. Now notice in verse 20. Uh, there He made a statue and ordinance for them and there He tested them. Verse 26. He said, if, there's that word again, that condition. 
If you diligently listen to the voice of God, do what is right in His sight. Notice it doesn't say do what is right in your sight. There is a way that seems right to a man. But it's the Lord that we want to be listening to. Give ear to His commandments, keep His word. And I will permit none of these diseases upon me which I brought upon the Egyptian. For I am what? Is He still the Lord that heals today? So what I believe the Lord is saying here is if you will stay with me and if you will do what I tell you to do, if you will keep the new covenant commandment of love, amen? Amen. He said, I will sustain you. I will keep you. I will cause my healing power to be real in your life so that you're strong enough to do everything I've called you to do. Amen? The Living Bible says this. He says, You shall serve the Lord your God. Then I will bless you with food and water. I will take sickness from among you. There will be no miscarriages nor barrenness throughout your land. And you will live out your full quota of days of your life. That's good. Look at Exodus 23, 25. So we see here keeping the command. Being a doer of the word. Say it with me. I am a doer. Of the word. Come on, listen now, guys. Don't let your mind wander. Say with me, I'm a doer, I'm a doer. Of, the word of, God. of the word of God. Exodus 23, 25. You shall serve the Lord your God, and he will. You shall serve the Lord of God, and what he will do. He will. Okay, he will. That's the manward side, number one, the Godward side. And he'll bless your food, your water, and he will take sickness and disease from the midst of you. Now bring the message translation up here. The message translation of 25 and 26 says, But you will serve the Lord your God. He'll bless your food and your water. He'll get rid of the sickness among you. There won't be any miscarriages nor barren women in your land. I will make sure you live full and complete lives. Somebody says, yeah, but pastor, that's the old covenant. I know. Don't you know that the new covenant... Has better promises. Amen. Amen. And so the principle is true. Now we're not living under the law. Everyone say I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. You know you you can look at the book of Romans. And you can see that going back and forth. For example Romans 6.14 says. "For uh, For sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? Because you're not under the law. You're under grace. So. We know that we are not under the law, and we know that we are under grace, but we've got to understand how this sanctifying grace can be accessed in our life. Now look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Look with me at verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 13. says, foods for the stomach and the stomach for foods. Thank God for food. <laughs> I've got to watch myself this week because we're going into the land of mega calories. <laughs> it's the land of biscuits and gravy. Anybody ever had any red eye gravy? I know I'm preaching good right now. But foods for the stomach and the stomach for foods. But God will destroy both it and them. Now here's what it is. 
Now the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Say this with me. The body body is for the Lord. Lord. And then the Lord Lord is for the body. body. You ever thought about it? Why is it that we have a body? Do we have a body so that we can do our own thing? Do we want strong and healthy bodies so that we feel better when we watch television? (laughs) Do we want strong and healthy bodies so that we can work two, three jobs and become millionaires by the time we're 30? I don't think so. So your body and my body is for the Lord. Lord. And then the Lord... Is for my body. Now, if I'm doing with my body what he expects, I can expect to be sustained. Part B of this verse again is this. Now, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. It's simple. My body... And your body is for him. And then the Lord is for our body. Let's break it down. If I will use, and if you will use your body to take care of his business, I believe he will use his power to take care of our bodies. Say with me, the body for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. Now look at verse 19, and we're going to go back to verse 14 at the end of this message. But look at verse 19. Is what we do with our body important? You know, the context says, you know, you're to flee sexual immorality. But your body can be used for other things other than just lustful things. See, your body is to be presented to him as a living sacrifice. When your body is presented to him, him is number one. Other things are down the list. The presentation of your body needs to be done regularly. You know, sometimes when I go to exercise... And I go to the gym. And how many of you know it's a good thing to go to the gym? The Bible says that bodily exercise profits little. Well, pastor, it says it's little. Yeah, but you ought to take the little that it profits. (laughs) Bodily exercise profits what? Profits little. Oftentimes when I go to the gym, I don't feel like it. My eyes are half closed. I don't want to work out. Anybody who tells you that they just delight to go to the gym... I think they might be a little crazy. But I'll say, Lord, I'm doing this because my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And for this next hour or so, I present it to you. And I'm asking you to help me stay in shape for your glory. That you may get full use out of this body until it's time for me to go home. Amen. Your body's for the Lord. Now, oftentimes, it's so easy to misuse our body. Isn't it? 
you know, we're to take care of this temple. We only have one. So this body needs to be fed properly, right? This body should not be overindulged with what the scripture called surfeiting or overeating to where we become weighed down, not only with the cares of this life, but just weighed down because our physical being is not able to handle everything we're putting into it. I just lost the last third of you. Say it with me. My body is for him. And him is for my body. We've got to take care of these temples. Feed them properly. Rest them. I'll guarantee you, if you're all burdened out and carrying the weights and cares of this life, you're not resting good at night. You've got to rest your body. Present it to him. In verse 19, it says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is where? He's in you. For you are bought at a price. Therefore, he says, glorify your body in your spirit and in your body, which are his. We are not our own. We are not our own. We shouldn't be putting drugs in our body. We should not be putting things in our body that can hurt us. That can bring us down. If it's his body, he's going to sustain it. And he's not obligated to sustain it. If I'm running out committing affairs, doing my own thing, putting things in it I shouldn't be in it, staying out of church as a spiritual fugitive... With never a concern, not one concern for what he's doing in the earth. He's not obligated to that. But, oh, friend, you can make him your Lord. Amen. You can commit to him today. Yes, the Bible says, if we will be committed to him, he will preserve us. There's preserving power in him. If I never use my body to, to, to serve him, I can't expect to be sustained. If I, if I never tithe, I can't expect to be sustained in my finances. As a dad, with two boys growing up in my home, if I never talk to them about the Lord, come on. If I never prayed with them? If Brenda and I just walked out the door on Sunday morning and said, Okay, boys, there's TV dinners in the fridge. We're going to church. You know, we're pastors because we have to. Just turn the television off when you get done. I can't expect his sustaining power to honor that. See, the Bible says that if we will honor God... Oh, come on now. If we will honor God, He's going to honor us. And somebody would say, 
Yeah, but that's legalism. I've been set free. I know that you've been set free. But that's not legalism I'm preaching to you today. This is not law. This has to do with your faith. And this is what I want to show you today. This is what I want to show you this morning. Look with me at Ephesians chapter 3 verse 12. Ephesians the third chapter the twelfth verse. It says that we have boldness and access to him with confidence. Amen? Read it with me. It says, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through the faith in him. Let me ask you this this morning. Is boldness a good thing? Yes, indeed. Is it good to be confident? Yes. You know, you can think of a lot of scriptures that have the word confidence in it, right? Yes. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, what does he do? He hears us. Yes. Amen? Yes. Confident. Being confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a what? He who has begun a good work in you. Has he started a good work in you? He who has begun a good work in you, he is going to complete it. He is going to fulfill it. He's going to see to it that it's finished until he returns. So confidence is an awesome thing. The Bible says that the righteous are bold as what? As a lion. You cannot be confident... And you cannot be operating in strong faith unless you are smack dab in the perfect will of the Father. Confident. Everyone say confidence. Hey, is there a throne of grace? Is there a throne of, gra- throne of grace? There is a throne of grace. And at the, oh glory, at the throne of grace, there is sustaining power. At the throne of grace, there is keeping power. At the throne of grace, there is help, all the help that you'll ever need. And the Bible says in Hebrews 4.16, it says that you and I can come boldly to the throne of grace. So that what? So that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help. In a time of need. So here's what I want you to see. Boldness and confidence are connected. When you're confident. When you know that you're doing the will of God. When you're doing the plan of God to the best of your ability. You can be bold to go to the throne of grace. And as you're bold to go to the throne of grace. His sustaining power is going to keep you. And it's going to help you live a long and fruitful life. Now go quickly to Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Romans the 5th chapter. And look at verse 1 and 2. Say with me, I'm bold in Christ. My body is for the Lord. And the Lord is for my body. So this is not legalism. We're talking about accessing His grace with your faith. Now notice in Romans 5, verse 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by what? We have access to this throne of grace. We have access to this sustaining grace by what? By faith. Faith is the equivalent to having confidence before God. Now listen. 
If your heart condemns you, though, you'll not have confidence. God's greater than our heart. If our heart doesn't condemn us, we've got confidence before God. Now, God's not the condemner. Are you listening? God is for us. He's on our side. And he's saying, sons and daughters, my grace is sufficient for you. My sustaining power is available to you. But you've got to access it by faith. And here's what I'm telling you. If I don't do what he tells me to do, by his word and by his spirit, it's not God that's condemning my heart. It's because either I'm not doing the things that I shouldn't be doing, or I'm not doing things that I should be doing. And what happens? My sense of confidence is crippled. Because I know in my heart that I need to make an adjustment. I don't have confidence toward God when I'm not in the will of God. Are you? Do you? Absolutely not. And if you don't have confidence toward God, it will cripple you from being sustained by His grace. Oh, but on the other hand, come on, on the other hand, God will help you. I said, God will help you. God will help you turn things around. Oh, come on, be honest with me this morning. Have you ever had things that you've been doing that you know you shouldn't have been doing? Has the Lord ever instructed you to do some things that you haven't done? Come on, somebody. You can make that adjustment. And when those adjustments are made, through faith, we will access His grace, which not only sustains us, but enables us and keeps us and frees us to do His will in the earth with strength, with confidence, and with boldness. I'm not here to point fingers at anybody. I'm here to help you. I'm here to say to you today, if you need to make adjustments, do it. And in doing so, you'll be better for it. Look at verse 22 of 1 John chapter 3. Read this with me. And whatever we ask, we receive of Him because we keep His commandments and do those things. Come on. And do those things what? That are pleasing in this. You talk about getting answers from the throne of grace. You talk about being sustained. You talk about having good days, heaven days on earth. You do His commandments. You fear Him. You serve Him. To the best of your ability. And God will see to it that His sustaining power will see you all the way to the end. In closing this this morning, I've been speaking 39 minutes and 13 seconds. Did you get anything today yet? Are you ready to make some adjustments? Life is a series of adjustments. Amen. Now listen. Just listen for about five minutes or so. I'm going to preach to you. Because I want you to leave today on an up note. Amen. Did you know that walking in the fear of the Lord and walking in service to Him, doing what He's instructed you to do has got some benefits? Let me just quote a few to you. 
The angels of the Lord encamp around about those that fear Him. We already found out that the fear of the Lord will prolong days. Look at Proverbs 14.27 in the Amplified Version. Proverbs 14.27. Let's read it together. Reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may avoid... Now let me ask you this. If you're avoiding the snares of death, isn't that another way of saying that you're being sustained? Amen. Look at Psalm 31, verse 19. Psalm 31, 19. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who what? Fear you and serve you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. So God's laid up goodness for those who reverence him. Now look at Psalm 34, verse 8 through 10. Psalm 34, 8 through 10. Look at this now. The 34th Psalm, we'll just pull up here in a moment. In verse 8 through 10, says this. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who what? Trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. Now listen. There is no want to those that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord. Now, if you don't want for anything, and if you don't lack for anything, isn't that the same as saying that the Lord's sustaining you? It's connected to fearing Him. It's connected to reverencing Him. I don't preach a faith message in this church that's out of balance. I don't preach a prosperity message in this church that's out of balance. I believe that serving Him and fearing Him position you for His good things. See, a faithful man shall abound with blessing. See, what a lot of Christians want is they want the blessings, but they don't want to be faithful. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God, His righteousness, all these things shall be added to you. A lot of Christians want things added to them, but they're not willing to seek first the kingdom of God. So that's the balance that we preach here. Amen? Amen. And and that, that is my strong desire that you get this. That you get this. That your life is not your own. You belong to Him. He's for you. Are you for Him? Psalm 33, verse 18 and 19. Let's look at that. Psalm 33, 18 and 19 says this. That the eye of the Lord... Is on those who what? Are not the eyes of the Lord running to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him? The eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. On those who hope, come on, in his mercy. Then turn quickly over to 
Psalms 103 and verse 11. Psalms 103, verse 11. It says, For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward those that fear Him. The fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom. He says, By that your years will be multiplied and the years of your life shall be added to you. Now let's close today going back to 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and look at verse 14. Say it with me. The fear of the Lord and serving the Lord, they go together. They go hand in hand. They're connected. In verse 14 it says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion is light with darkness. Look at verse 15. And what accord has Christ with Belier, or what part is he that believeth within infidel? What's that verse you gave to me in between service? It's actually 1 Corinthians. I made an error. I'm making an adjustment right now. I, see how humble I am? I'm making an adjustment. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. So we talked about making adjustments. Anybody here need to make some adjustments today? All right, good. You're honest. Well, here's what can happen. And God who raised up the Lord will also raise you up by his power. In other words, he's for you. You're for him. If you've been out of the will of God, if you've gotten off track, let God raise you up today. Let him sustain you. Let him keep you by his grace and his power. Did you get anything out of this today? Let's all stand to our feet.